Welcome to Ghost of a Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Lignato. I'm an astrologer, psychic medium, and animal communicator, and I'm going to give you your weekly horoscope and no bullshit mystical advice for living your very best life. Darlings, you took me up on my offer to answer questions about the North Node, and I got a lot of questions about it this week. And so I'm going to I'm going to talk a little bit about the North Node and what it is. It's a little spiritual. Okay. So get spiritual with me, I guess. I'm not going to lie. The reason why I chose the particular question that I chose to talk about was because of the remarkable sign-off that this person used. I have a question from someone that called themselves trying my best. That's an astrology pun that a dad joke nerd like myself can deeply relate to. Thank you, trying my best. I just want to thank you very much for trying your best. And she says, in a recent episode, you mentioned the North Node, and I've been long curious about mine. My Pisces North Node is conjunct Mercury and in opposition to my Virgo moon, and my moon is in a grand trine three-way with Venus and Mars. What little I know about the North Node in natal astrology, plus a little intuition, makes me feel like I might find the direction I lack through an understanding of this configuration. I'm 31 and finally about to finish my bachelor's degree. Lifelong depression, anxiety, and trauma held me back for a long time, but I've found my joy and purpose in school. Now I'm about to achieve this goal that has felt super impossible for so long. I'm feeling lost about what comes next. I have a sense of freedom and agency for the first time. What can my North Node tell me about how I should use this new energy to continue healing, growing, and becoming a better version of myself? Sincerely, trying my best. Born March 31st, 1988, 11.53 a.m. in Gross Point, Michigan. So trying. And... For those who are not astrology nerds like me and trying, this is not trying. This is T-R-I-N-E, the 120 degree angle between two or more planets. Trying my best. So witty. So witty. Well played. Well played, sir. So there's a lot in this question. Let me just start off with my promise to speak to the North Node. In astrology, we work with a lot of planets, right? And when people are uh, kind of just into astrology anecdotally, you're into horoscopes, you're into astrology memes, but you haven't done any kind of proper studying. Signs are the most important thing. Sign, 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 sign. Everywhere a sign. Here's the thing about zodiac signs. They are important. Are they the most important thing? No, my loves. No, they're not. They're an essential thing, but they're one of many essential things to understand when unpacking the birth chart. It makes great sense that you would point out that you have the North Node in Pisces that is deeply important. But equally important is also the placement, the house that your North Node falls in. A North Node in Pisces in the ninth house is what you have, and that's completely different than a North Node in Pisces in any other house. So I'm pleased that you know about aspects in your birth chart, and it sounds like you got a solid understanding of that, and there's a lot for us to talk about there. Aspects are important. Placement, aka the house placement, is important as well as the sign. And when you're just working with a sign, you're only getting kind of a fraction, a meaningful fraction, but a fraction of the data that you want. Now, in astrology, the nodes are not planets. There's the north node, 
which in your case is at 22 degrees of Pisces. And whenever we have a north node at the exact opposite point, we have the south node. And the south node, of course, in your case then would be 22 degrees of Virgo, right on top of your moon. And Mercury is right on top of your north node. So the north node, most simply stated, represents where your soul is journeying towards in this lifetime. It is what you are called to embody, not to do. It's not an industry thing necessarily. I mean, it might have to do with action, but it is really about embodiment. The North Node is about not your personality and the details, but truly embodiment, actualization. It's where your soul is meant to go. And there's a lot of roads you could take and cars you could hop in to get where you're meant to go. But having a North Node in Pisces and in the ninth house has its own specific meaning, which I will unpack for you in just a moment. Now, the South Node in astrology, and again, this is spiritual. It's a little less pragmatic than a lot of things I talk about with astrology. But the South Node in astrology represents where your soul has been to in most previous lifetimes. It represents what we all come in with a memory of having done and having it be important. If you come in with a strong memory of like the most important thing is to take care of other people and the way that I'm going to achieve my wellness and my happiness is by taking care of others because that's what you did in your most previous lives. And again, you have to accept the concept of reincarnation, but here you go. That's the concept. If you come into this lifetime with this idea of this is what I'm supposed to do, this is the thing you've already done. The South Node is the thing you've already done. So you're not here to master it. You're not here to figure it out. You've done it already. This is the thing that we fall back on. And when we fall back on, when we're not paying attention, when we're not doing the work, what happens is things don't work. You do all the things right, or so you think, and it doesn't work for you. And so it's really useful to know about your South Node and to know about your North Node. Now, it doesn't mean that the South Node is evil and bad. It simply means your soul does not need to come to mastery of this thing. Your soul's work this thing out it's your north node that we're meant to be pointing you towards, right? So, so that's the starting point. Now, in your birth chart, you happen to have planets conjunct your north node and your south node. And this is really interesting because often I get questions from people saying, I have this planet conjunct my south node. What am I supposed to do about that? Does that mean I ignore it? Do I, what do I do? Do I break the birth chart? Do I run? Do I hide? What, what do I do? So here we have, in your case, this south node conjunction to your beautiful moon. And I say beautiful moon because you have this beautiful moon in Virgo in the third house. And it is in a grand trine with the planets Venus and Mars. You have a beautiful Earth grand trine. And I will unpack that further in a moment, the grand trine itself. But the south node conjunction to the moon doesn't mean there's something bad about your moon or something to be avoided or evaded about your moon. And I should specify the moon in astrology is your feelings, it's your heart, it's your emotional nature. What it means is that this is not the thing that you need to work the most on, okay? This is not the thing you are here to figure out. In fact, that idea is reiterated in your personal birth chart because your moon is well-placed. Your moon is in this beautiful grand trine. And so the implication there, you know, you mentioned that you've struggled with trauma, and you mentioned that you struggled with depression and anxiety. It is kind of conventional to say like mental, emotional health, like to kind of like put them in a bucket together, right? 
in your particular case, astrologically, and of course, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a therapist, use common sense with what I'm saying, but astrologically, the depression and anxiety that you cope with is not emotional in its roots. It's instead mental and it's actually very physical. It looks like it's a very much a physical thing for you. And again, I will unpack this as we go. The implication here through your birth chart is that emotionally, you actually are very resourceful. You are willing to do the work and the work kind of flows for you. You access people who are supportive to you, who have uh, resources, insight, whatever for you. And it happens kind of organically because when we have a grand trine, aka three planets in all trining each other, so that means you have to have three or more planets around the same degree, all in the same element. In your case, the element is earth. When we have this, we have this lovely flow of energy. That doesn't mean things are effortless. It doesn't mean things are perfect, but it means that with very little effort, things come to you. You know, there's a way for you to receive it. And when we have a lot of trauma or an otherwise difficult birth chart, that grand trine can be a breath of fresh air, or it can be something in our nature that allows us to indulge. And that indulgence can be around self-destructive behaviors, right? So it's like, you know, you can do drugs and do lots of drugs and not have terrible circumstances from it until all of a sudden the rest of your chart catches up with you, that kind of thing. Now, I don't think you, my dear, can or should be doing drugs in general because of the way your birth chart is written, but that's a whole other topic. So your North Node, let me come right back to that. You have this North Node in the house of higher education. It's school. The ninth house is where we find university. It's where we find learning big concepts, big picture stuff. It's international travel. It's learning through experience, ultimately. That's really what the ninth house is about. It's a pursuit of truth. And Pisces and the ninth house slash also Sagittarius, they both have the theme of truth, like big picture truth. They're both very spiritual signs. And so this is actually a beautiful reiteration that you would find peace and a sense of belonging in university is not surprising. And I wonder if the calling for you is actually to be a professor or a teacher or to work in schools on some level. Because you have Mercury sitting just minutes away from that North Node, for you, understanding the details of how things work, being able to verbally communicate or communicate with your writing, what you understand, the pursuit of truth, ooh, that's delicious, and it really engages you on a soul level. So whether that is something that you do for work or that is something that you really honor by continuing education throughout the course of your life and traveling for education throughout the course of your life, these things are equal but different as far as I'm concerned. However, you also have that Mercury-North Node conjunction conjunct your midheaven. The conjunction to the midheaven indicates that this is likely to be your career. It indicates that teaching, writing, speaking, and learning is likely to be your calling and your career. In your case, the midheaven, which is the calling and career, is conjunct sitting on top of your soul's purpose, your north node. And that's not the case for everyone, but that is the case for you. And my dear, it is further reiterated by having three planets in Capricorn sitting on top of each other in the house of work. 
So you have all of these planets sitting on top of each other in the sixth house, the house of work. And what's really important about this is that when we look at the the concept of mental health and physical health, having Uranus, Saturn, and Neptune all sitting on top of each other in the house of physical health and work indicates that your work life needs to work for your mental health. That's just really important. And it so turns out that study and investigation into truths are what make you feel calm. They give your mind something to preoccupy itself with that is creative and constructive. And that really works for you. That sense of joy and that sense of purpose that you feel in school, it is written, my dear. It is written. It's a beautiful thing. I'm really excited for you. You mentioned that you're 31 years old and that you've been struggling your whole life. But from my perspective as an astrologer, 31 years old is very young and it's young to have found your purpose. So congratulations, because I do think you have this feeling of being lost about what comes next. It's not going to last, my dear. It's not going to last. Now, having this Mercury opposition to the moon, which you have in your birth chart, It absolutely makes it so that you like to mentally understand all components of your feelings and that your feelings are something that you need to process through talking or writing. You're you're like a verbal processor. And so this feeling of being a bit lost is not your happy place. It's like having the beginning and the end of a story and knowing all your characters' names, but not having written the damn thing yet, right? It's really kind of frustrating for you. This place that you're in, this this uneasy feeling that you're having is a really fertile landscape. The North Node wants you to learn how to be kind and supportive to yourself, not to indulge yourself, not to enable yourself, not to disassociate, not to check out, also not to become helpless and pathologize yourself, right? These are like the downsides of Pisces energy. Instead, It's to honor the wholeness of what you are and that part of what you are is restless and uncertain. And that is a place where you can be kind to yourself. That is a place where you can be interested in yourself and you can seek new layers of truth. And that's really exciting, actually. It's really interesting. And if you can find a way to be interested in these feelings and excited by the potential of learning more about yourself, and about the world, then you are supporting your mental health, but also you are supporting your spiritual health. Because of the North Node in Pisces, your spiritual health and your mental health are deeply linked. And the bridge between the spirit and the mind is the body. It is that sweet old meat suit that you're living this life in. This is where developing practices that support your mental and spiritual health are essential for your continued wellness and abundance. So what does that look like? I'm not sure what it looks like for you. I mean, I imagine you probably have a lot of dietary restrictions that would support your mental health. You have Saturn in the sixth house. Saturn in the sixth house, not great with carbs, with sugar, with gluten. Neptune in the sixth house, also not great with gluten, not great with dairy, usually. Neptune in the sixth house, not great with substances. Uranus in the sixth house gives you a really highly wired nervous system. So you have to be careful with stimulants, coffee, nicotine, stuff like that. Obviously, you should not take any medical advice from an astrologer, especially an astrologer on a podcast, 
But if what I've said validates your experience of your body, this is it. You're in your 30s. It's a great time to apply what you know, to eat in ways that support your body, to pay attention to how your body responds to what you put in it and what you put near it, right? It's important to look at your need for sleep. It's important to look at your need for breathing and spaciousness in between activities. Because of this beautiful grand trime, you know, people are around you, people like you. You have access to people and you can interact with people. Whether or not you feel that people like you, whether or not you feel that people are around you, I'm not sure. But that they are around you and that they do like you, it looks pretty, pretty clear in this in this here birth chart of yours. But there's only so much you can tolerate. You need space. You need space in between contact with humans. You need space in between, you know, important discoveries or thoughts even. You need some physical space. So giving yourself the gift of that space, allowing yourself the gift of having boundaries with your behavior, of how you treat your body, how you treat your mind, how you treat the things you're interested in, how you treat other people, and how you consent to them treating you. I mean, you can't control how other people could treat you, but you have some agency in what you're willing to participate in and how, right? All of this stuff is essential and foundational to your wellness. And it's essential and foundational to that North Node in Pisces. We all have value. We have inalienable value because we are souls and bodies on this weird earth we're living on. It's beautiful and messy and all the damn things. Now, I want to take a moment to acknowledge that you are asking me how to continue to grow and heal and become a better version of yourself. And I mean, you're doing it. You're doing it. There's not a thing that you're missing as far as I can tell right now. But what it is, is being in school and having this accelerated growth that you've had Getting through your Saturn return and finding that you were actually, you know, quite ready for it and it was a good thing for you. All of this has been action and activity and consequence. And now there's a bit of space, right? And there's not as much action, activity, consequence. And you're like, okay, so what do I do next to get there? And part of what this looks like for you, and this again is your North Node in Pisces, is being able to tolerate the space in between, being able to be present when there's not activity, action, and consequence, being able to notice that when you have a little bit of space, there's some anxiety that just exists in that space for you. And your brain wants to be like, what's this anxiety? How can I fix it? Where does it come from? What's it going to be? Is it going to get worse? And what you want to be able to do is really ground into your body and get really present into your body and into this moment and just exhale the stress. Just exhale the anxiety. There is a way that you tend to like just pick up on, you know, stray anxious energy around you. And it's really tests you. It can compel you to pop out of your body. And so remembering that not all the things you're feeling are yours. Not all the things you're feeling are chores. You can actually just choose to get really present and exhale what isn't yours and exhale what doesn't serve you and make that a practice. Or if that doesn't work for you, find a different version. There are a million people out there who are really wise and insightful and have great different strategies for how to release stress and how to get grounded. Do some research. Find whatever works best for you. But prioritize it because you are becoming a better version of yourself. 
you are trying your best, trying your best. (laughs) And I think that it's really great to know that part of that means that sometimes life is fine. And sometimes you don't know what comes next. And I want to encourage you to keep it chill there. Just keep it chill there. I can't stop talking astrology. And that is why I wrote a book. This book is called Astrology for Real Relationships, Understanding You, Me, and How We All Get Along. I explore in this book all the planets through all the signs. It is useful and inspiring, and it is also the modern feminist, inclusive, queer positive guide to astrology that you have been yearning for. But don't just take my word for it. Listen to Brontes Purnell, international man of leisure and author of Since I Laid My Burden Down. He says, as a cancer double Sagittarius, i.e. Lil' Kim wrapped in a double Nicki Minaj, I don't really need a crystal ball to understand why I'm really, really single. That said, Astrology for Real Relationships is still an exact and entertaining roadmap of the astrological nooks and crannies of all the groovy witchy cuties you want to get down with. This book puts the spunk back into the question, hey baby, what's your sign? Pre-order it wherever books are sold. Also find links on lovelinyato.com. We have another week in the stars to look at. There's so much to talk about. There's so much to talk about. We're going to be looking at the week of October 20th through the 26th. And, you know, I just want to say Mercury goes retrograde next week, not this week. It starts on Halloween through November 20th. I will read the chart of it for you and tell you everything you need to know about it in next week's episode. But I want to say today that we are in the shadow of Mercury retrograde. And the shadow of Mercury retrograde is when you start to feel it, right? It's like, it's not exactly full on, but yeah, you're feeling it. And uh, this Mercury retrograde is what I'd like to characterize as a total boner. That's right. It's annoying if you're noticing that technology is a pain in your buns or miscommunications are happening. You're just feeling really frustrated with the way your plans or communications are progressing. Don't worry. It's just Mercury retrograde. It's not you. I mean, honestly, it might be you. But it's also Mercury retrograde, which is good to know. Next week, we'll talk about it more when it's actually, you know, on the brink of occurring or when it's actually occurring. But I wanted to give you that heads up. And just a really quick... Today is October 20th, and this is the day that my webinar, Astrology, Mental Wellness, and You, is occurring from 2 p.m. Pacific until 3.30 p.m. If you've missed it, if you're listening to this and it's already happened, don't worry. You can just go to my website, get it, download it, keep it forever, learn astrology. Why not? Is having an astrology webinar during a Mercury retrograde shadow, is that smart? I don't know, but it's about mental health and the mind is Mercury. So, okay. I got a lot of questions from you guys asking about what is my life's purpose? What is the meaning I'm supposed to derive from life? And I think a little bit of that is because I encourage you to send me questions about the North Node. But I think that there's something else going on. I think that there's something else going on. And so I wanted to clarify something without getting too deep into it. But I got to say, and I know this sounds really simplistic, but trust me, the universe is not a capitalist. The universe, (laughs) whether you want to think of this as like universal law, spiritual law, God, whatever it is that resonates for you, our purpose is not necessarily something that tidally fits into industry. One's life purpose, one's path in this life is not necessarily a J O B. Do you know what I M E A N? 
when people hear that their like meaning or purpose or calling is not something that pays money and works into a job, I've seen people get really disappointed or frustrated. And I get it. The world we live in requires that we spend 40 plus hours a week doing something year after year, decade after decade, right? It's a lot of energy. It's a lot of, it's a lot of output. And for some of us, I'm certainly one of them. The thing that we love, the thing that we feel called to is the thing that we also make our living off of. Yay. That's exciting. But for many of us, it doesn't quite work like that. And that might feel like a total bummer. And honestly, maybe it is a bummer. I don't know. But that doesn't make it a bad thing. You know, it's certainly inconvenient. It's certainly harder to work with, but it doesn't make it a bad thing. And this idea of looking for what is my calling so that I can turn that into the way I earn a living is not always the most effective way of investigating this inquiry. On a spiritual level, when we're talking about meaning and calling, we're really talking about abundance and not just abundance in a material way, a financial way, but abundance on all the levels. I work with a lot of people who make a lot of money and they do not have any amount of wealth. They have no abundance. I work with a lot of people who have very little money and you know what? They have abundance. The thing about abundance, the thing about uh, honoring your soul and heeding your soul's call is there has to be some measure of balance. And and when I say balance, I don't mean all equal parts, but I do mean when we sacrifice one part of ourselves for another, you have to make sure that that's the right thing for you on a soul level. Because if it is not the right thing for you on a soul level, then you will not have abundance. You will not have wealth. You will not have peace. You will not have joy. Sucks. And you know what? Sometimes that's what you have to do in life. I'm not here to judge you. I'm not, I'm not here to say that, you know, there's one way to live or, you know, one way to set goals for yourself. If you're looking at the question of what am I meant to do with my life? Why am I here? And you're trying to plug that into the idea of a job or fitting into, you know, an industrialized capitalistic system, then you've kind of like shot yourself in the foot about it. You know, the best way to look at this is outside of what am I meant to do? And only in the context of what is it that I truly value? What is it that truly sparks joy in me? What is it that I resonate with? Start there and unpack the inquiry till you get to some sense of clarity. And then from that clarity, you can start thinking about how do I plug that into what I do for a living. In astrology, there's a lot of ways of looking for work and career stuff, like a lot. But the two kind of like cheat sheet quickie ways of doing it is to look at your sixth house, whatever planets are in there, whatever sign is on the sixth house cusp, whatever signs are in that house, and then the ruling planet of the sign on the sixth house cusp. The sixth house is your job. It's what you do day by day by day by day. Then you look to your midheaven. So that's your 10th house cusp, the sign that's on the 10th house cusp, if you have any planets in the 10th house, or just the ruling planet of the sign on the 10th house cusp. That's your career. Now, I want to share this with you because I want you to really hear this. Your career and your job are not found in the same place because they're not necessarily the same thing. It might be that you have a job that is just the job that supports you and having the life you want. And it might be that your job is your calling and is the life you want. So that's just something for you to play with as you kind of wrestle with these autumnal, wintry questions of what am I here for? What am I doing with my life? 
don't be overly fixated on it as a job question, as an industry question. Try to really think of it on an internal level and hold the question of job and career and strategy in a separate bucket. I'm not saying don't hold it. It's a very important question, but hold it in a separate bucket. Okay, to your horoscope, my loves. This week is so Venusian, so much Venus. Most astrologers, when you when you read their content and when you talk to them about Venus, the first thing they talk about is relationships. And I'm such a Capricorn that that's not the first thing I talk about, but I promise I will a little bit. When I look at Venus, I do think values. Relationships and intimacy are some of the things that we really value, right? I see, and I may have said this on the show before, but I see values are kind of like lampposts, right? They're these things that light your path in darkness. They're attainable. They're reachable. You just need a really big ladder and they burn out and they need to be changed from time to time. Values are the practical things that guide us. They're the things that let us know that we are uh, clear on the path ahead or not. Venus is related to what we own, the possessions we have, our personal finances, how we relate to other people feeling a sense of connection with others. Uh, it's, it's related to like attention and care and romance. And I think it's really important that we acknowledge that Venus is a little like female symbol. It's like conventionally used to be the female symbol. There's a way that we really focus on Venus as being pretty and diplomatic and doesn't like to fight. And, you know, Venus is the gatherer and the hunter-gatherer dynamic of love and dating, right? But in a way that's minimizing the potential of female energy or female human people. It is about what we value in practical human terms, in practical felt terms. And so when we are looking at transits to Venus, when we're looking at Venus in our birth chart, we really want to consider what is it that I value? And are my actions reflecting that? Are my choices reflecting that? Are my relationships reflecting that? Right. And again, in the context of all the things I've named. So on the 20th, Venus forms a sextile to Saturn. And on the 21st, it forms a trine to Neptune. Now, both of these transits are harmonious. Sextiles and trines are both really harmonious transits. Uh, it's a flow of energy, it's creative. And the nice thing about flow is that, you know, it feels lovely. The downside about flow is that it's not stimulating. You have to be stimulated in order to access that flow. You have to make a choice. Shitty transits or difficult transits, what they do is they motivate us. And lovely, easy transits are not especially motivating. So the 20th, the 21st, the 22nd are great times to access this Venusian energy. Venus sextile to Saturn is really about stabilizing your relationships, your relationship to what you value or who you value. This is a great time for organizing your finances, like seriously looking at what you care about and making sure that your investments are reflecting that. So that might mean what you truly care about is travel, but you're spending all your money on clothes. Like, okay, this is a great time to get clear about that. Rein it in. It might be that you are obsessed with and love your best friend, but you don't actually reach out to them that often and you are focused on your career disproportionately. Okay, make an effort to get clear about that and then start telling your bestie how much you love them. <laughs> start showing up. This is a time to practically speaking because Saturn engage with who and what you truly care about. 
Now, the Venus trying to Neptune uh, only strengthens this because it, it kind of creates a greater sense of empathy and care, and it makes it easier to put your ego's needs to the side or your sense of obligation or guilt to the side and to really just focus on like, I'm doing this because I want to, I'm doing this because I care. If you have been looking at your finances and you are uh, abundant enough to have money that is invested in the stock market, or you have, you know, like some sort of company run 401k, this is a great week to decide to look at what your money is actually supporting and invested in. And I'm not saying to make a, a change right now. It's actually not a great time to make a change because we are in the, the shadow of Mercury retrograde. But this is a great time to decide that you want to care about what your money is doing and what it's supporting and who it's supporting and to educate yourself. So to educate yourself and then make the change after Mercury leaves us alone to be safe, let's say in December. Okay. But this is a great time to start that. On the 23rd, we move into Scorpio season. Everybody loves Scorpio season, right? No, maybe not. I don't know. I love Scorpio season because I'm a weirdo medium. Maybe. I don't know. I like the depth of Scorpio season. It is delicious. And that is why some people don't like it <laughs> because it is emotional. It is deep. It is a turning within and it's a turning within in this very scorpionic way. Scorpio is a water sign and it is the water at the bottom of the goddamn ocean right? It's not the water on the surface. It's the water deep within. It's the water that threatens to pull you under. So it's passion. It's investigative. And it's really, it can go into feelings that are taboo or complicated. So it's Scorpio season. Welcome to Scorpio season. And that brings us on the 25th to a transit between Venus and Scorpio's ruling planet, Pluto. Venus will form a sextile to Pluto. So again, we got a lot of Venus going on this week. Venus sextile to Pluto is sexy. Um, it can really bring up desire. And Pluto is always compulsive. Even in a sextile or a trine, it is always compulsive. And what our compulsions do is they draw us to our most powerful feelings and instincts and not necessarily our wisest ones. If we want to be aligned with our wisest feelings, what we've got to do is set intention. And again, because Venus is related with our values, this is a great time to really look at what is it that you value. If you find yourself crushing out on someone that you think is super sexy and you're having like this really passionate moment towards them, but you actually don't think they're a good person, you don't think that they're somebody that you can trust, then look at what you value. Do you value having fun or passion over investing in someone who you can trust, right? The thing about Venus sextile to Pluto is it can kick off a new relationship that is really exciting or a new crush that is really dynamic. Really, all of these Venus transits can indicate a lovely time to go on first-time dates or to deepen a relationship to someone, whether that relationship is platonic or romantic, even though Venus is technically a bit more of a romantic planet. There is a romantic side of most platonic loves, right? So this is a great time for connecting with people. And the, the one thing you want to really make sure of is that you are not giving away your power and that you are not waiting for someone else to be the clarity you seek, you know, make sure that you're not trying so hard to make someone like you that you don't first try to figure out, do I like them? This can be a time, this particular transit, but again, this week in general, where you more deeply feel the desire to be connected 
to someone. So if you're single, you might really want to be in a relationship. If you're in a relationship and it's not actually intimate, it's not actually close. You're not feeling connected to that person. This can make you feel actually pretty shitty. If you're in a situation where you are happy in love, this might be fan-freaking-tastic for you. You might just feel a lovely closeness to the people or person that you're with. In all of those cases, what's truly happening is what you feel and what you really want is coming to the surface and becoming more intimately felt by you. Again, when you can find your agency and you can align yourself with what it is that is true for you, you can then align your actions with what is the healthiest and most authentic thing in this moment. And that's really what it's all about, my loves. It's making choices and making sure that those choices reflect the person you want to be, the values that you hold, and reflect an acknowledgement of the situation you're in as it is and not as you wish it was or you think it should be. My loves, that is your horoscope for the week. I appreciate so very much you joining me for it. I hope you have a really powerful week where you align yourself with meaning, where you align yourself with value, and you don't just look at it in the context of shoulds and in the context of physical, external behavior, but you look at it in the context of what is true and authentic for you. Because really, everywhere you go, my loves, there you are. And so your relationships are ultimately, you know, an extension of you. They're an extension of the choices you make and the person you choose to be as much as possible, whenever possible. Choose to be a person that you feel good about, right? All right. If you haven't already subscribed to Ghost of a Podcast, please do wherever you listen to it. Uh, you know, five-star reviews, they're so appreciated. Do they make my day? Yes, yes, they do make my day. I cannot wait to talk to you next week. Bye. Every year they say the end is near, but we're still here. Yeah, we're still here.